0: Episode three hundred and fifty seven.
1: No one in the area was gonna care more about their customers than we were. So that was part of our brand. So we positioned ourselves as a resource to you know customers in the community. And when you're thinking that way, because when you think about your beliefs, you act the way you act is according to your beliefs. <laughs>
0: Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hi, Carm Capriato here, and welcome to the Remarkable Results Radio Shop Talk, the series, Volume 2. Today's long-form interview and discussion has a woman's touch. These shop owners are wearing the mom, parent, and the shop owner's hat. Mothers who are juggling with schedules, work, and family, but never miss a beat when it comes to the growth of themselves as leaders and the attention they pay to their businesses. I want to thank Federal Mogul Motor Parts for their support. You know, looking for hands-on, real-world technical training experience? Well, Garage Gurus offers on-site training in major markets across the country, providing the equipment, tools, and know-how needed to keep your next job on track. Find out more at FMMotorParts.com. High fives to new Facebook connections Bear Samuel, Gary Smith, and Al Santini. Find all social connections at remarkableresultsbiz social. Joining me in this episode are Kim Auerheimer of Cool Springs Automotive, Brentwood, Tennessee, Marianne Croce of Croce's Transmission Specialists, Norwalk, Connecticut, and she's also with SmallBizVantage.com, and Kathleen Jarosic of Expertech Auto Repair englewood florida in this episode we share with you how these brilliant shop owners find the balance or harmony needed to run a shop smoothly they share their struggles lessons successes and experiences as a woman business owner in our industry our chat includes talk on delegation balancing work and family being moms first and also having a business coach and what's working for them right now find the key talking points and bios and links at remarkable e357 and a defining moment in the episode is the discussion on culture. Enjoy. Hey, a warm welcome to Kim Aurenheimer, Cool Springs Automotive in Brentwood, Tennessee. Hi, Kim.
2: Hi, Karn.
0: Hey, good to have you here. Mary Ann Croce from Croce Transmission Specialists, Norwalk, Connecticut, and smallbizvantage.com. Hi. Mary Ann and Kathleen Jerozik, Expert Tech Auto Repair, Englewood, Florida, Hello. Shop Talk, the series. Glad to have you here. You didn't know each other until right now, right? <laughs> Boy, when I, when, I, when I turned on into the virtual studio, it was like old home week. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. We hear so much, Kathleen about work-life balance. And I just recently read, I can't remember. It was so good that I forgot the author and the place that I read it. But the author was saying there is no such thing as work-life balance. It's work-life harmony. And the the point was that if you if you were really good at home and things were great, you'll be good at work. If things are great at work, you'll be a whole lot better at home and that was the harmony and if you want to think about the the word balance maybe the word harmony works what do you think of that
3: um that sounds like a much better plan um as long as i'm not singing cuz that is not my oh, <laughs> not my my deal but you're right as you say that that is that that strikes a a very true chord for me uh, if if Home is chaotic. I, my work life is chaotic, so um, maybe I need to look for some more harmony for sure.
0: <laughs> How are you going to find it? What are you going to do? Think about it. I mean, I got you on the spot here.
3: Delegate. That's the answer, right? Delegate?
0: <laughs> and Marianne is sitting there with her thumbs up. In fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marianne doesn't want to be a micromanager, do you?
1: No, not at all. No, let the team do um, You know what they're there to do. I find that People do have skill sets that we don't have, and when you have a, a team, you hire a team. You're you're actually looking for those those skills, and once you empower them, the best thing to do is let them go. As the owner, I found for myself it's easy to set the mission, the goal, the purpose, right of the business. Here's the direction we're going in. I call it the MVP, um, and then from there, we let the team carry it out. But once they know what what that is, they're the ones that are carrying it out and empowering them to do that.
0: Kathleen, do you find it really hard to get out of their way and just let them do what you hired them to do?
3: I, I did. I struggled a lot with that until probably the last two or three months. It's become more and more, uh, simple for me to let them do what they do. And I've started to focus more on networking and community and, uh, marketing and, you know, home life. We are, I I currently live about 30 miles from my shop and it's just posing to be too much. So we are now in the process of moving back to uh, the next town north. So it's called Venice. So that's going to be adding or taking away from my harmony. (laughs) A little bit. For a
0: little bit. Okay.
3: Just for a little bit. Um, But I know it will come together just like it's supposed to. And I, like Kim have traveled quite a bit this year. So um, I guess a big piece of that is, is feeling not feeling guilty about not being in the building. Um, That's, that's that step. I'm, I'm. I see. I see you. See you nodding, Marianne. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It's hard for me to. I feel like when I'm not there, that I'm not setting the tone and the example. Um, but they're doing just fine without me. To I be think, honest, sometimes I, better.
2: <laughs> I know that we've talked that it's been talked about on the on the show before, but um, we've taken our staff and done them discovering your strengths, Marcus Buckingham, and I think making sure that you have the right team with the right skills, the right strengths, the right personality in the right places, then that then you give your team um, the foundation in order to succeed so that you can be gone. Um, I have traveled um, a little bit more this year uh, with my husband than we're used to. Um, and every single time, it's become easier and easier and easier. Um, in fact, this last time I was gone, um, it was two weeks, but part of it was business. Um I don't think I call a shop one time and I, I, I was, the one time I thought about it, I thought, no, this can wait. This can wait. And so I, I didn't call the shop once. I think Rob was on the phone maybe once or twice. Um, the, and then the other thing that I used to do that I, I quit doing was checking the schedule every day. Because I used to be able to log on through TeamViewer and look at my computer and see what the schedule looked like, and I gave that up. So the the next step is now I get a Clover report, a day in closing report from my, you know, from the credit card processing, and that's the only thing I saw um, because I got that email. But I didn't go looking for it. it; it found me. But it was just it's finding the right team, the right people in the right places, and it's taken a long time and a lot of terminations, a lot of. Um, Resignations to get the people and that's not to say that you know it's it's golden yet because um, I think just when you get golden and you think that the team is perfect there's a shakeup so um, that has been nice is, is finding the strengths of our team and I love what what Marianne was saying is not micromanaging um, and I think that that way to do that is to get out of the shop on occasion
1: yeah i I have to say that when we first opened up our shop I was guilty as being the control person. I had to control every aspect of it. And I learned over the years that it really was leading to my own burnout, trying to be everything to everyone, you know, home life, work life, all of that. But as I I found when we are in an earlier stage in our business and we're looking for people to perform different tasks, that was great. When you get to the stage where you're starting to leave your business more, as you both had said, and now you need the type of person that's in your shop, you're looking for leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking for people that have that leadership mindset and uh, will not only do the role, but they also know what the goal is attached to that role.
2: We, we have a, a little joke around here. It's when it's been a long day, we've, we've only worked a half day. Um a half day is twelve hours so um, Rob and I are no longer committed to work in half days we're committed to working part time so it's the time that we choose the part that we choose um, the time that we spend here um, but that's not to say that when we're not here there's not that there's still not there's still that guilt there's still that um, while we travel a lot and you know our employees have only so many hours um, a, a year on pTO and we try to be generous and I'm feeling like we're not generous enough. So I've been, you know, we've been convicted of that, of of relooking at our PTO um, for that, but there is guilt. Um, There's guilt being away from the shop um, and having that flexibility, but I've also got employees here. That would be the first ones to, you know, to stand up and say, yeah, but we clock out at the the end of the night. Um, I've known that Kim and Rob have had sleepless nights on some occasions. So they're always on the clock. So I think if you, you know, if, if you, um, it's not fair to come in and say, I'm taking vacation. It's, they've got to understand that you want the best for them, but they also want the best for you. Um, and that's part of being a a working family is taking care of each other. And, uh, so I think that's really important, but the three of us also have a, another, um, common theme here is I think we're all mothers. And so we have that, that, that the balance and going back to the harmony and balance of running a business, um, Kathleen by herself, Marianne and myself with our spouses. Um, but also our our kids, you know, mine are mine are both and mine mine's now married and one's in college, but they still need us. In fact, my son was calling me just a minute ago. I'm sorry about that. Because they're you know, we're still we're still parents, we're still mothers. Yeah. And so it is a, a balance, a harmony to find.
1: I agree.
0: I can't help but think what you were saying, Kim, and Marianne, it, it almost feels like Kim has gone through stages of her business.
2: Absolutely. It's like a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster running the business and I said this recently. It's a roller coaster. It's ups and downs, but it's a lot more fun now to ride the roller coaster than it used to be. But we have, we have to get used to it though.
0: How long have you been in business?
2: Uh, We opened business in 2006, and I've been a part of the business full-time for uh, about seven years now, 2011.
0: So so anyone who's been in business for a few years and wants to be like Kim needs to evolve in different stages of their business. And um, a a point to bring up is we we interview an awful lot of very successful people, and um, I know some early-stage shop owners say, Why can't I be like that? Well, you just described... How many people did you go through to find the, the dynamics of a team that would work inside of your business culture? Oh, by the way, I have to create a business culture? So I, I guess maybe we could tear that apart a little bit. Marianne, and I don't know if you know we could ever, ever define stage one, stage two, stage three, stage... I don't know how many stages there are, but the point of it is is that businesses have an evolution.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, I think that when most people start out in business, they're the ones, whether it's you know the automotive business or most any business, I deal with a lot of people that are in the trades. So <clears throat> I've never seen a lack of grit or determination or hard work in any of these people. They're willing to do the work. But when we start out, we're wearing a lot of hats. We're doing so much. And we're proud of that fact as well. But a lot of times I think what gets missed at that stage is um, because there's not a lot of sales at that stage. So there's not a lot of big budgets at that stage for marketing and all that type of, you know. So what happens a lot of times is we don't focus on validating, going out and actually talking to people, going out and really talking to our customers, letting people get to know us. And I think that's a huge part because your core values... And the reasons why you're doing what you're doing are a huge part of the start of setting your culture and your brand in that, in that company. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to be further along that we don't take the time to do that.
0: I'm talking with Anthony Frowein, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Anthony, when you're in a shop, are you talking tech as well as product?
4: Whenever I do a physical training, there is products incorporated part of the whole uh, training overall, but it's to maximize the time, whether it's diagnostics, whether it's inspection, whether it's installation. So that way they understand that, hey, by skipping that extra 20 seconds by putting on this set of brake pads and not replacing the hardware, hey, this might be the reason why that I'm getting comebacks. And usually being a ex-shop owner, I understand that the first time you get paid, the second time's free.
0: And so are the techs really starving for this information?
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, a lot of times you have, uh, I mean, we live in an industry where I like to like to say they, they cut that, the, the roast in half and they don't understand why, but they do it just because they've always been doing that type of an industry. So, you know, to break it through that, they've been doing something for 30 years and they see as they haven't been doing anything wrong. But it starts to open up their eyes to, hey, you know what? It wasn't necessarily wrong, but there is a better way.
0: So you're really talking to me about an aha moment. Exactly. And tell me when you see that happening um, more and more from technicians that you're out with, uh, how does it make you feel?
4: Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you really feel like you're giving back to the community overall. But ultimately, I, I tell them, you know, I look at every single vehicle that I worked on prior to or I had my customer just like I'd put my family in that vehicle. I look at it as I'm keeping everybody else that much safer because the job's getting done correctly.
0: Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On site, online or on demand the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com I do know, Kim, you've uh, employed a business coach. Kathleen, I know you have. Marianne, have you uh, employed a business coach? Are you your own business coach?
1: Yes, I have used a business coach over the years.
0: And and so has that helped you uh, recognize the uh, moving you toward and through different stages of the
1: business and and appreciate the responsibilities of the CEO? It definitely helped me grow. And then from there, I was able to um, really learn what I need to take off my plate and what my role was as an owner.
3: I, I agree 100%. I, I've owned the business myself for nine years now. And <clears throat> until I hired a business coach that empowered me and kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone to stop doing all of it myself, I ran the entire front of the house by myself and couldn't figure out why we couldn't grow Oh, Um, cause I was in the way, <laughs> but until I had that, that person to teach me that this is the next step. Um, and I'm going to show you how to work on your business instead of in it every day. Um, it definitely, uh, made a, it. that was a life changing pivotal moment for me. Um, and then of course surrounding myself with amazing women like yourselves, um, and, and knowing that, that we can do it and we're, where a community to help each other has been phenomenal.
0: What's working in your businesses right now? If you, if you really, you know, stop, you know, take that thirty-minute drive home and say, what's working? What's not?
3: I would say our culture. First off, um, I actually got a, um, a message from a. Lady up here in Sarasota that came down single mom, you know, was kind of getting the run around from three or four different shops around the area. Said, you know, it's kind of a hike, but why don't you come down and see us? Let me look at what everybody's told you and we'll just kind of give you our opinion. And it was, she showed up about 30 minutes after I left today and I had empowered Jamie, my service advisor to take care of all of it. She, Sent me a message on Facebook, a voice message, and I, it almost brought me to tears. It's like your kids growing up. It's, they really created that wow culture experience that had I been in that door, it would have felt exactly the same. And we go for the feel. You know, I mean, there's a lot of highly qualified technicians out there in our areas that are capable of fixing the car. But, you know, to, to have a team that, that really prides themselves on taking care of the client uh, is definitely something that I think has set us apart and helps us be successful.
2: I, I only hesitated when you asked that because I was trying to pick one. Um, there's, you know, it feels really good. Um, when I would, and definitely the first one that came to our mind was, um, to my mind as well was our culture, our family culture here. Um, the knowing that our customers have our back, I mean, our, I'm sorry, that our employees have our back, that they are as loyal to the success of this business as we are as the owners. Um, so I think that that is, um, I think culture for sure, for a part of us is a lot of the reasons that we're able to be gone Um, as much away from the the shop um, as much now as because we have the systems and processes set in place that need to be there. That's not to say that they don't break every once in a while or they don't need to be swept up, cleaned up, and reminded, Um, but we have a systems and process, so everything runs um, the same when we're here or when we're not here or when um, Lori, our service advisor, was off yesterday. It was the same system and process with me stepping in a surface advisor in her absence yesterday. So I think systems and processes and cultures, um, I think there's so many, I mean, there's so many great things that this is a fun time. So we get to go back and tweak the great, the tweak it to make it even better. And so mm-hmm. I can't, there's so many great things I can't think of. Um, and maybe I'm just in this, you know, the, this little, um, euphoria of joy, but that's not to say it's easy. It's not an, you know, I don't want to lie to anybody and say it was easy getting here. It's easy staying, um, you know, in in the situation that we're at because we have to work at it every day.
0: I I want to get to you, Marianne, but this euphoria joy uh, thing is really interesting (laughs) to me. Um, If you looked at the scale of when you started, those, what, a dozen, no, 16 years ago, maybe, something like that. Uh, yeah, 12. Um, yeah, twelve years ago, um, euphoria and joy in the early days compared oh, to now. No. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> it was regret and doom, and what in the world did we do? And and uh, seven years ago, when I left my career, you know my career and came to do this, I, I'm like, what did I just do? I don't know <laughs> what i have
3: what done. Doing. I don't know.
2: You know, we don't know anything. And then, you know, before we knew, we had a building coming in our lap and we had to figure out how to do that. And it's, it's not been easy getting here and it's not easy to stay here.
0: But, but there can be euphoria.
2: There can be. There can be. Um, but I was in, in Florida with the meeting, at a meeting, and it was another shop owner. And we, um, he shared a story about the day it was, it was his turning point. And his turning point was the day that his two techs quit on him walked out the door and he, um, he had to decide at that point if he was going to stay in business or not, if he was going to move forward. He went to his daughter's daycare and put his hand on her little head while she's asleep in the crib and said, I, I have to do it. I have to do it. Patrick McHugh, mustache, awesome mustache. We just had a a great visit. And listening to him and his his joy and his excitement about this industry, it was contagious. And I thought, I want that joy and I want that excitement about running my business as Patrick has. And I think that that's so important um, that we remember that we are in a great industry. Um, We're in a great time in this industry and we need to be excited about what we're doing and how we're doing it and how... You know, and if you're not there yet, get there, you know, be excited about working on getting there.
0: Let me tag on to that. Uh, we were just, we just recently did a, a Town Hall Academy on specialties and niche. Chris Chesney was on and I said to Chris, I think we're in the golden age of automotive repair. And he made kind of a funny joke about us guys with gray hair, uh, you, you, have, you have to listen to it. It was funny, but he agreed. Kim, to, to your words, we're in an exciting time in our industry where technology is ramping up to the point where it's. We've got to meet it. We've, we've got to meet it head on. We have to change some business models. If in your success levels, I bet you, you all on this on this summit here with me on on shop talk would say bring it on. We can handle it. And whatever we have to do to ying to yang, to change a business model, to improve our training, improve our equipment, or, or and some of the ideas were to stop working on these vehicles because we don't know them well and they're not profitable and maybe we should specialize. There's, I think there's an awful lot of decisions that are going to come up, but I think we're in an exciting time.
2: You know, the, the, the minute that a technician or somebody that decides to own a business and signs that lease and decides on a name, they, at that point, they've already made that decision to, to be excited about it, to do it. So I remind myself, let's go back to where we were at the beginning. How exciting was this and scary and you know, how overwhelming and all that. And, but it's good to go back and visit that. Where we were, why did we want to do this why do we choose to do this and, and have that mindset all over again so you can, so you can get that, excited, that excitement again? Marketing, we have to go back and market like when we just opened the business on occasion to make sure that we're staying out there. You know, mm-hmm. things like that, but you really just, I mean, it is an exciting time.
0: Remember back when you guys were, were, were doing marketing, Marianne, um, <laughs> and you approached it from a very hungry perspective?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, going out and meeting people and talking to everyone. That's something that those conversations are so valuable at every a stage of business. I think, to Kim's point, and both Kathleen, when they were talking about the, the different accomplishments um, and growth in their business, I think sometimes we forget to celebrate the wins, right? How we grew and we look back. It's easy to look up the mountain and say, wow, this is how far we have to go. But when you take a step back and you look behind you and you go, you know what? We really did all this. We can do it. That's a huge part of um, growth and being positive and embracing the change that's coming ahead. Because, you know, all changes is a learning curve. Um, we have to go out there and we have to see what works and what doesn't. And I think as far as the team goes, just to tag on a little bit to the culture part of it is... You know we're in an industry where we talk about being efficient and and numbers and all of this, but I think it's so important to see your team as people um, because all of the same issues that we have, many of us have um, uh, businesses where we're working with family, it could be you know maybe a spouse but not necessarily a spouse, it could be other family members, and working through all of those dynamics are huge. But you know we'll have issues that come up. And we'll have to leave the shop not just because we want to, but because we need to. It could be a family issue, um, caregiving issues for team members. That's huge. Um, whether someone had a baby or they're thinking now about aging parents, and they have to they have to get involved with that. Seeing them as as people is a huge part of moving forward with your business and having people that you know buy into uh, your dreams because they they see that they're included in that
2: we talked about the fact that we had business coaches before besides the business coach, what is it that you ladies did that was there one particular thing that you ladies did that you got to a point, you said, I'm going to take this to the next level. And so what was, was there a turning point on that respect or was there something that happened that you decided that this business has, you know, that I need to get excited or I need to push forward again after getting tired.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, um, it was, well, in day one, um, I wanted my business to be sustainable. So we had to grow into that because in the beginning, a lot of times, um, you feel like you're just trying to make an income to be able to, you know, pay all your bills and pay yourself a salary and pay your team when you're first starting out. But I wanted it to be a sustainable business. So when you're thinking that way, that's when I think you start looking to grow and learn what am I good at, but what else do I need to know? What skills do I need to develop? So that coaching part of it was the accountability. And for me, um, I ended up getting a coach when I was at the point where I really wanted a scale and I knew that I was too hands-on as far as I had to do a lot myself, and I needed someone to help me get through that and let go of that control.
3: And I'll say, I, I have a little bit of a different experience there. I did not come from any form of automotive background. When my former husband and I bought the shop in 2003, I just kind of did the payroll in and out and the accounts payable. I wasn't really part of any of the day-to-day. I couldn't write a work order. I, I really didn't do any of that. We had employees for all of it. And I just make sure, made sure that the bills got paid and the people got paid. And uh, when we split up, I really kind of started to invest myself in the that day to day grind is kind of what it felt like. You know, I did it so that I had a a, um, a freedom to still be able to take care of my kids and take them to the doctor and do all of the mom things that I was accustomed to doing. They were accustomed to me doing, and um, it was convenient, so I could. I ran the business, you know, what What more was there to know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you the pivotal moment for me, um, I did hire a, a business coach and um, a company had approached me. It didn't feel really comfortable. So I did some reaching out to people I had met and I hired my first business coach and um, he gave me the courage to step forward. But in that process, uh, not on purpose, he had me do a um, a women's car care clinic locally. And I, I made it up from the beginning all the way through. And I started Googling and I found Amy Madden and, and happened to send her an email. Did not know she was a female shop owner. Just sent this random email and said, hey, we're not close. Maybe you could help me a little bit. So we talked... Things went forward and I ended up at my first women in auto care conference in Orlando, uh, however many years ago that was. And sitting at the table with them, seeing Marianne, uh, sitting next to to Bogey the entire time. And uh, that was such a gift to see all of these amazingly successful women in this business To know I was no longer a unicorn and uh, that if I really reached out for help, that I could make this amazing. I mean, it was good, but I could make it amazing and not have to worry about, you know, are the guys, am I going to get paid this week? You know, did we we make enough? Did we do enough? I never advertised. I never marketed. I never did any of that stuff. And so that first Women in Auto Care Conference was the pivotal life-changing moment for me.
2: I, I had a similar experience for me. Um, I'm a very competitive person. Um, my kids do not like playing games with me. Um, <laughs> I'm very competitive. Um, and I usually am out to win.
0: Do you own all of the hotels in Monopoly?
2: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but I am extremely competitive. And so going to that first, um, I went to um, a Pack training expo in Anaheim. And had we were we had every credit card was maxed out. And we were flat broke, but we were somehow able to fly out to California to visit family, um, and then go on down to Anaheim. And sitting in that room, it was just kind of light bulb went on. It's like I I left commercial real estate and came into automotive business, which is really on my side of the wall. What I do is retail, and I knew nothing about a retail business. Um, and, but I got competitive, and I had that desire that I wanted to have, um, you know, Rob and I, um, I wanted him too to come along with me, but we wanted to have one of the best shops in, in the United States. Um, and I am a, a, a high I personality with a lot of D, um, so I like to, to be, you know, a lot of my strengths is being recognized and such. So once I figured out who I, what I wanted and, and um, you know, what we needed to be, so, for me, it was a competitive edge to be. And Patrick McHugh is the one that reminded me of that. And he said, even if you're not the best shop in the United States, if you're not the best, you are the best. It's what, you know, you have to put that into your mind that you're going to be. You know, we talked to another shop there that. You know, if you have a crap hole of a shop, you have the best crap hole shop ever. And, you know, and that's, <laughs> so you, you take what you have and you make it the best. And um, it was just a good reminder of, um, I'm still not, you know, we're not the best shop in the United States. There's, there's not, there's, hundred, you know, there's many, many shops that are better than us, but in my world, we're the best shop and we're, we're still striving towards that. Um, And so many things come along with that. Do
0: your people know that vision and that dream?
2: Oh, absolutely. Because they live it.
0: And they share it with you.
2: They share it. Absolutely. And if they didn't share it, they wouldn't be working here. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Uh, Interesting. You know, we were talking about culture a little bit ago. Um, You don't flip a switch and have a good culture, do you? And I think that's that's the message you you're all shaking your heads to me the, the, the culture takes years to get it right people to go through to make it happen if I was sitting down and think I'm I'm a young shop owner I'm, I'm in business doesn't matter from 0 to 5 years and I haven't really embraced culture your recommendations is to do it now and uh, you, do you need training? Do you need to read about it? I mean, can you give us a few secrets of how each of you started to build and implement your culture?
1: For me, it started with our core values, uh, what we wanted to be, what we wanted our shop to be. So for for us, um, we knew that we were a very customer-centric, we were going to be a customer-centric business, and that No one in the area was going to care more about their customers than we were. So that was part of our brand. So we positioned ourselves as a resource um, to, you know, customers in the community. And when you're thinking that way, because when you think about your beliefs, you act the way you act is according to your beliefs. So that, that's how it all started. Um, And then the second part of that was when Tony and I felt that we were a real resource to the community and we felt really blessed to have our team. Another part of that was, you know, to really share what's working and help develop the team, you know, have them in a position where they have advancement opportunities. So, and there's a lot of good people in the industry. So getting involved with associations for me, a big one was ATRA because we are a transmission shop. So uh, that was huge. And I learned so much from that organization. They're definitely near and dear to me. Um, And then the third part of that was really showing the next generation, supporting and encouraging them. And a big part of women in auto care had to do with that for me because I really love the idea that the fact that they were concerned and, and supporting the development. And personal development and professional development of all of the members or, you know, attendees, but also the fact that they were encouraging the next generation, you know, with the scholarships. Yes. And we do things, you know, within our your local area, but that, that kind of three-legged approach was really, really important to me. And I think when you embrace that and your team knows that it goes beyond just your shop, um, I think that you end up with the type of people that are a good fit, just like Kim had said.
2: I think it, it definitely starts with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, it has Agreed. to start with one, just just one person in the organization, whether if you're you know co owners with your with your spouse or or um, you know uh, immediate family member, it just has to start with one, and it, it is it becomes contagious. Um, we did have a. Crap hole, the little shop, um, you know. And it's funny because if I pan down right now, I'm wearing white pants. Um, and you know the and the reason that's a joke is because I can go home without grease on my white pants. Um, but <laughs> my point to that was is I came. Of course, I came from corporate America, so I came to the little crap hole dressed for success every day. I still wore my black slacks. I still, you know, we still wear. Um, I still wear business clothing because I come to, I come to work to succeed. Um, You know, I come to work too, just like everybody else, but I come with a mindset that I'm, that I'm going to be the best, that we're going to be the best. And I come dressed for success and I come with a mindset. So if you start with one person with that, that goal, that vision, it becomes contagious. And if it's not, if, if they don't feel like catching that bug, they won't stay around. Um, and then, you know, and eventually, like I said, it's taken a number of years and a number of employees to get everybody, you know, sick along with us. It's awesome.
3: <laughs> I agree a hundred percent with, with everything you guys have said. It, it does. It starts with one, Kim, like you said, uh, when I was doing the front office myself, my, my biggest passion was the people. And I can remember technicians that are long gone, um, one in particular that uh, moved on and, and opened his own place eventually and, and has a completely different culture there, mm-hmm. would always give me a hard time about it being a hen house in the, in the office. And I, I tried to explain to him, you know, why, why are people waiting? Why are they, you're up there having conversations, we're back here working. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm up there building relationships with these people, uh, we're in a predominantly retired area. The median age in Englewood is 64. And so sometimes I, and now my my frontline folks are the only human contact these people have in that given day. So to just get them in and out and treat them like they're going through a process is not our culture. Um, I have a newer service advisor and and so he is he's going through the the training and in his in his heart he has that culture but he's worked in a very fast-paced environment where you just the next one and the next one and and I we had a conversation yesterday where I said, you know, you just need to slow down. The the people behind you know, it, the next person in line will wait. It's, uh, I don't know if anybody's gone to Disney World, but when you stand in a line of 45 people at Disney World to wait for your child or yourself um, to get a <laughs> photograph or spend time with a character, that character, when it's your turn, spends quality moments with you you and your family they they take that extra second it's not just smile snap go smile snap go there is a personal interaction that occurs there obviously it's it's on a shorter time frame but it makes it feel that much more special i, I think adding that value mm-hmm. of the relationship to the service that we offer makes a huge difference in Stanzas as a culture of the whole shop to do that. Cause if I'm going to care for my clients that way, I'm going to care for my employees that way and my vendors that way. And, and they, it's, it's a flow. It's a harmony. Like, like Carm said, <laughs> that feels like the theme.
0: <laughs> why, why is it so tough for some owners to, um, make the leap and, and really build the, the, the right culture?
2: I think some owners don't. Some owners don't hold, have the right culture inside of them, um, and and I think that that. I mean, it's got to come from within. It's got to come in from deep, or it's just a facade. It's whitewashed walls. Um, I don't. I I think a lot of owners, um, because of lack of, of training or lack lack of. Um, association like with other shop owners and getting out there, they are, as Kathleen said earlier, they they think they're their own little unicorn. Nobody else is in a situation like, this, like them. They don't get out and get involved in training or organizations and such. So they're too busy trying to figure out their own misery rather than asking for help. And so That's part of it. I think the culture has to come from within some shop owners don't know how or don't know. They just don't know. I mean, I guess this is it. They don't know. They don't know there's anything different. Um, They could be in business for 30 years and they think that this is just what it is and they're stuck.
0: They don't know. Mm -hmm. You said different. Maybe can I add the word? They don't know that there's something better out there.
3: Better. Better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. That's... um you know, being this being the only shop I've ever worked in, uh, that was a part of the huge eye opening when I went to the Women in Auto Care conference in Orlando was to see that there was there's so many more opportunities out there that it didn't just have to be this. I didn't have to stay within that little box. You know, I could make that box whatever I wanted to. I could make this a a a culture of where we take care of the client first. And not just the client's car, but we take care of the client first. And, and that was maybe something that nobody else in the area is doing, but that could be my culture. And it's taken a lot of folks, you know, employees in and out. Like you said, there's turnover. There's a lot of stuff. Um, the gentleman in particular that I was talking about that just couldn't understand the hen house culture, as he called it, was, um, you know, he has his own shop, but it's very cold and uh, clinical. And, you know, he, he still works on cars. He fixes things. I think a lot of uh, business, especially in our industry, it's a lot of techs turned owners and they speak car really, really well, but haven't had the opportunity to learn how to speak human very, very well. Um, I've had technicians that I absolutely would never put in front of a client because, you never know what's going to come out of their mouth because they can't speak human or they get so technical that they, they just everybody glazes over around them. Um, not that they're not good at their job. They're just not good at communicating that passion through words. So I, I think that some instances, the culture can be created if you have the right front of office staff to. Convey the
0: message. Uh, obligatory question. My listeners are out there saying, now, Karma, ask the tough question now. And my question is, so how can we really get this done? I mean, really, um, share share with the audience, each of you, how I take that big leap. I believe I can do it. I'm a shop owner, male or female. Doesn't matter. I, I'm convinced what's what do i have to do i mean i got a million things going through my head i almost figure out but but tell me what's the first thing the first step i could get on my pathway to create the right culture
1: well i think the first thing that you have to do is you have to become self-aware you have to take a really good hard look at yourself
0: now earlier you said core values okay Let's assume that that's going to be part of the exercise that we're going to sit down with our team about it. But I loved, loved what you just said. Self-aware. That whole emotional intelligence thing, you know, self-confidence.
1: Well, it's hard to get self-confidence, right? When you don't feel confident at all the different areas of your business, just just like Kathleen was alluding to right now. Um, So I think... Going in and really assessing what are my skills and what am I good at, and what are the skills that maybe aren't, you know, my forte, but I realize they're important to the business because sometimes we can get stuck in a mindset of is it more important to be right or is it more important to grow? So, if you're going to operate your business from a kind of a defense mindset why well, i'm going to defend why i'm doing things this way that's one way to do it but you can also do it from the total opposite way okay where you're saying okay i'm curious why is it that you know i'm struggling with communicating with people maybe that isn't my skill set maybe i need to start looking for someone who is better at that and i'm going to focus on the things that i'm good at so i really start i think before you can Go in and critique a team or anything. I think you're you're the leader. You're the person in charge. You have to be self aware and you have to look. You know, um, assess your own skill sets first.
2: My my thought for I love that, Marion. That was that was perfect. Yeah. And um, I think my thought, my first thought was um, get help. So many of us are, um, as Kathleen had said earlier, working in their business, and you know, I just I picture a train going through a long, dark tunnel and the, the tunnel um, or there's a commercial from back in the seventies or eighties in the restroom the bathroom and the bathroom just gets longer and longer. Um, You know, the toilet gets further and further away for whatever reason, but it it just seems like that tunnel, that that light at the end of the tunnel can be really frustrating for penny people because they never get there. And so if you get help, get somebody in to help evaluate your business, your business operations, maybe your business is more successful than you even know because you're too busy working in it to really know financially or numbers wise how successful your business really is. And then that person can help you focus on the things that need to be corrected first. And then, you know, it's the, the old adage, how do you get an elephant one bite at a time? And so get somebody to help you figure out what buy to take first and then next and next. So I think if you're looking for that culture, don't let it overwhelm you. Get help to to, to get to the light.
3: Um, that That's exactly what I was going to say, Kim, is is reach out for some help. You know, find, find a, another business owner or, you know, I mean, shop owner obviously would be ideal because it's apples to apples. But any business owner that you can look up to and... Um, that you believe does it right, because right doesn't look the same to all of us. Um, you know that they do it right, and and reach out to them and ask them to mentor you and teach you how to how to get what what they have. Because you know, in order to keep it, you got to give it away. So, but the other piece uh, it, for me that I think that is super important is communicating with your uh, with your staff, the staff that you currently have. Communicate, meaning both ways. They need to understand your vision, your passion, where you want to go, but you also should understand their vision, passion, and where they want to go so that together you can motivate each other for whatever success looks like for each of you. And I think that that creating that team helps build the culture and, you know, obviously external help is always a good idea.
0: A million other topics we could cover, ladies. Um, you've done so Well. Uh- Would you come back?
3: Uh, of Of course.
0: Uh, it's it's my you ladies.
3: Don't have to ask us that. To uh, us. I us. Gee, will you come talk to us for an hour? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till you get us all
2: three together in the same room. It's, yes. Right, well,
0: let, let us let us be sure we do that sometime. And let us be sure I bring my equipment so that we can we, we can lock it down for posterity. Thank you so much to Kim Aurenheimer, Cool Springs Automotive, CS Automotive, Brentwood tennessee her and husband rob mary ann croce croce's transmission specialist norwalk connecticut and small you and tony right
1: yes tony and i both run the
0: shop yeah and kathleen Jarosic expert tech auto repair englewood florida and in the show notes links to their previous episodes thanks ladies for being on shop talk thank you,
3: thank, thank, you thank you so Carmen. much you did a great service thank it you it was a pleasure ladies yes so nice
0: Hey, thank you, Kim Orenheimer, Mary Ann Croce, and Kathleen Jerozik. Your valuable contributions to the industry is an inspiration to all shop owners who want to find that work-life balance and the harmony that goes with it. Find the key talking points, additional bio information, and website links at e 357 And don't forget about the excellent content under the theme of business coaches. You can find the series listed on the show notes sidebar on the website. Spend some time and see the mountain of content that will inspire you to find the next level in your life and career. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm at email, karm at remarkable results Hey, We'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.